Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Sukuninska, hosted by Johnny Seifert. This is the podcast for ice. It's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same mantra as me, then before we get to today's guest, please subscribe to Security and Security after listening. And at the end of the episode, leave a five-star rating and a review. Now, let me tell you about my guest today. My guest today, you all know from season five of Love Island, back just before the pandemic, where she was coupled up with Curtis, lasting 37 days before she chose to leave the villa. Since then, as well as being an influencer, she's become one of our leading voices of the art world. Now, you're going to see her at each press night for every after show. And when I last caught up with her, I was so happy when she said she's seen every musical bar two in the West End. That is true dedication. And dedication is where you will always see of my guests. Whether it's in her personal life, where she's created a family alongside her partner Sam with their new born baby Stanley, who's only seven weeks old, or whether it's helping raise awareness to make the world a better place. And it's with that thanks to Bumble that she joins me today that she's here to raise awareness on cyber flashing. So without further ado, I'm delighted to welcome to Sakuniska. It's Amy Hart. Hello, Amy. Hello. Oh my God, I can't believe I forgot about the fact that pre-COVID I had seen every musical apart from two in the West End. And that night out we went on to the it was like Magic of the Musicals, wasn't it? The Royal Albert yeah. I think that was like a couple of weeks before COVID. So I don't think I ever got to complete my West End bingo card. And now I feel like there's so like everything's on a limited run in town. So things are opening. And obviously I just had a baby. So I don't know whether I'll ever I'll ever get that again where I'll check off everything. Well, how are you doing 2023? Because at the moment the theatre world is quite quiet. I had Tina the musical the other day. And apart from that, I think I went to Moulin Rouge at the beginning of January. But that's two shows in five months. It's not a lot. See, I haven't been to any, so I basically messaged all the PRs at the beginning of January and I was like, as much as it pains me, I'm now really heavily pregnant, so I can't keep coming up to London. Oh. So I was like, please don't send me any invites because I'll just get FOMO. I emailed them all the other day saying, I'm back from the 9th of May, come to everything. It's a weird time, I think, post-COVID for theatre, I think with this audience etiquette thing and just everyone just getting absolutely trashed. I think it's like a perfect storm of where, obviously, we're... Coming out of COVID, so producers lost a lot of money 
during COVID, so they need to make that money back. And also cost of living crisis. So people are only seeing shows that they know they'll love. I think then that's made sort of the resurgence of musicals like Dirty Dancing and Jersey Boys and The Bodyguard and stuff, people, things that people like are really recognisable. But then that means that people are like, yes, it's my one night out amazing but they get absolutely trashed and obviously start singing along and stuff have you seen the video of the person singing along at the bodyguard i think there's a difference in the theater of there's certain musicals where you will get a standing ovation in the middle i remember dream girls you know when listen comes on in the uh, just before the interval and everyone's on their feet joining in and it's amazing then there's shows like juliet the musical where you need to hear miriam teak lee sing raw but then they'll have a little concert at the end. That video yeah. of the woman in uh, The Bodyguard in Manchester was so drunk that she stood up in the middle. It wasn't the right time to do it. I think no. it has to be time and place. But also, I said this on TV the other day when I was talking about it, and I hadn't seen the video at the time. But I also think it's down to each musical to make sure they've got a really good encore at the end. So same as Grease. You're preaching to the converted, Johnny. I say every musical should have a mega mix. The thing that I always say is like when people say, oh, well, it's Mamma Mia, it's ABBA songs, of course we're going to sing along. And I'm like, no, no, no. If you want to go and sing along to ABBA, go and see Voyage, right? Because that is a concert. That is ABBA just singing the songs. Mamma Mia is them telling a story through the songs. The winner takes it all, for example, is a really like heartfelt moment in the musical. So we don't all need to sing along. We need to watch and be in the moment with them. Like, they're like, are they getting back together? Are they not? And then at the end, when they do like the dancing bit, um, they get everyone up on their feet and they do it then. So I think, yeah, people need to understand that like, when, when she was singing, I Will Always Love You, that's like, actually telling us, like that, she's telling a story. And also, whether it's a song like I Will Always Love You or when I saw Tina the other day, I heard the songs in a whole new way. Obviously, we've known these big songs for years and years. But when you sing it and you isolate it and it's part of that journey and there's that rawness in it and those big songs like The Winner Takes It All and Like I Will Always Love You are so sentimental to the show. I agree with you, but you have to have a strong encore at the end. There's no point giving one song and then that's it. Or, you know, it, it has to be a big thing. And I like uh, Mamma Mia The Party for that reason. Yes. Have you seen that, the O2? Yeah. Where they just make it into an ABBA disco for like two hours afterwards because you're giving something back to the audience. Yeah. It's a give and take relationship. Yeah, my mum my mum went the other day and she was like, this is definitely going to be your UK Hindu. And I was like, yeah, okay. Someone I know posted on Instagram once, they'd been to see a show. They were like, yeah, and it was awful. And the people behind us were so nasty to us because we got up to go to the toilet a few times. We went out to get a drink halfway through, but it turns out the bar was closed. Like, why would they close the bar? Like, it's not a concert. You're not at the O2. Like... Mm -hmm sit down and watch it. There's the interval to get more drinks and to go to the toilet. Obviously, if you really need the toilet, you can get up and go, but a couple of times, no, no, no. I find it really hard when people are on their phones because I can't watch the show because I'm looking at them, giving them, like, evil eyes. And I, what I find really baffling is when they do the announcement at the beginning and they say, like, absolutely no photography or recording in this show, right? And then, obviously, there's people that are sat there who I'm assuming are, like, well, that doesn't apply to me. They're talking to all 1,199 other people in this theatre, but it doesn't apply to me. I'm going to take photos anyway. I find that really strange. Well, I've got two questions on that. The first thing is maybe I think is that our concentration isn't as good as it used to be, and we're so used to watching TV with our phones, going to cinema with our phones, that actually having a two-and-a-half-hour show with a 20-minute interval is actually too long still because it's like an hour and 10 minutes, 20-minute interval, 50 minutes for part two. I struggle, I clock watch about 40 minutes through. So maybe we don't need to have these shows which are 
uh, two hours long. Maybe if we condense those shows back and have it as 80 minutes, like 60 musical. And I know you're paying a lot of money and then you're only getting 80 minutes back. But they do that in Vegas, don't they? They do that in Vegas. They do hour and a half shows. Um, Much better. Because Carol King, beautiful, was supposed to go to Vegas. And then they were like, okay, so we need to cut it down to an hour and a half. And she was like, no, you can't cut my life story down to an hour and a half. So it never went. When you've done pantomimes as well, you've got to keep that energy, especially for kids who are yeah. getting restless and who are putting their stupid flashy light things up during the show, that if you had it more condensed, you'd have more attraction and more attention. And therefore people would sit in their seat for longer and actually be part of it and understand the story. I always had about Frozen, the musical, I'm like, it's like a train. It doesn't stop. There is no lull in that musical. Like, it just keeps going and then suddenly you're at the end and you're like, well, I'm at the end. How, like, what, what was, how has this happened? Because it just doesn't stop. And I love that about it. Because some musicals do have that little lull, middle of act two. But also with a show like Frozen or like Grease, you know where the songs are and therefore you know what's the beginning, what's the middle and what's the big finale song. Yeah. And you, because it's basically, it's a film version of the musical. I think it's harder when it's a show that's straight being a musical. I mean, like, you look at Dear Evan Hansen and how that started a musical then became a movie and how that story actually doesn't match up to all those big anthems that we've all used as sing-alongs until you go and see the show or the film. I found Dear Evan Hansen really weird. So I have a rule that I don't listen to soundtracks before I watch the show because From Here to Eternity, that was my absolute favourite show, that was the first show I ever went in without like listening to the music first. I love that experience so much of not knowing anything about it. So now I try and do that. But Dear Evan Hansen, I did break my own rule and I got a completely different story from the soundtrack was in the actual show so it really shocked me when I went and I was like what but yeah I'm sad that's gone I love sound tattoo well that's why the context is so important to the song to understand the journey hence do not yeah. sing through it because if you don't know what breaking through the windows is then you won't understand and the, the, the mental health aspect especially to a show like that is so imperative to this show basically I want people to stop singing and stop ch- talking and stop taking photos basically when they start selling popcorn at the theatre it will all went downhill from there <laughs> Well, look, you also mentioned about your Hindu could be at Mamma Mia the party. Talk yeah. to me about the Hindu plans and the wedding plans. Wedding plans, we're obviously not engaged yet, but it's because I was pregnant, so I didn't want to get engaged while I was pregnant. We are getting married next year. We are not getting married in this country. But Hindu-wise, I'm a bit of a control enthusiast. So, not a control freak, control enthusiast. So basically, I have enlisted the help of my best friend and my mum to plan it because obviously they need to, I said to them if you get it all ready then as soon as we get engaged then you can just like hit the button mm. and it's all done already I was like I want you to plan it I want it to be a surprise and then I'm texting my best friend like have you thought about Grand Canaria there's lots of drag bars in <laughs> Grand Canaria have you thought about Benidorm I quite like the idea of Benidorm but obviously like I said with the cost of living crisis and the fact that we're making everyone go abroad for our wedding I don't know how many people will come to my broad Hindu so we are going to do a UK one which probably be Mummy of the Party So you're going to set it at the O2 in Greenwich where are you going to go after Mummy of the Party where are you going to be staying Probably just come home if we go to like unless we do like an, a Leo as my dad calls it a Leo Sayer an all dayer we could go to like there's like a midday Mummy of the Party so we could go there and then go back out into London Oh you're going to make Amanda Malpass so happy with all these mentions for uh, Mummy of the Party there you go you've got three positives She's my, she's my main home girl I love Amanda she's my favourite yeah. she's my favourite yeah. PR she is Queen Amanda, as I call her. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Talk to me about motherhood. Obviously, you've been a mum now officially for like a good six, seven weeks now. Yeah. How mentally have you found that change in who Amy Hart was pre-having a baby and just being Amy Hart to being Amy Hart's influencer and now mum as well? I haven't actually found it that hard. I know it's like not very popular. It's it's sort of popular to be really negative about your kids and stuff. But unfortunately, I can't do that. I have actually really enjoyed it. I know, I know that I'm in a really fortunate position that Sam works from home. And then I have my mum, my dad, my best friend Luke, my best friends Christy and Hannah, my aunties, etc. that are all on hand to help me. And also Sam's family live two hours away. But whenever they come down, it then means that I can be like, okay, here's a baby. I'm going to go and get loads of work done or I'm going to go and get ready. I'm going to shower. I'm going to go and tidy this, whatever. Like, so for example, today, my best friend Luke was coming around at half 11 to um, look after him whilst I did this podcast. So at like 20 past 11, I've called Sam and I was like, can you take him for 10 minutes while I just like get ready and stuff? Oh no, I'm really fortunate that I can enjoy the whole experience because I have so much support. But yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Like, I'm quite a night owl anyway. I used to be crew. I used to be crew, so obviously sleep deprivation isn't really an issue for me. The amount of times in the night that I'm like, I could have been asleep again half an hour ago, but I'm just doing more cuddles. Yeah, I'm just trying to really enjoy every moment. I'm going back to work in a couple of weeks' time, but I'm being quite strict that I'm only working Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I'm going to cram everything into, like, three days and then have, like, a long weekend. But obviously with my job, you know, it's different every week. So some weeks I might only have to work two days or, you know, some weeks I might have to have him from literally eight till six all three days. So I'm looking forward to going back. Amanda Malpass has actually got my first job back and I'm very excited throughout it going abroad. Can't say why, but very much looking forward to it. Will that take up a couple of months? Does that mean then you're going to back into Swingle Things by Christmas and be in a pantomime again? Because we're now used to you almost being a panto legend that way, mate. 
I know this is the thing. So I had to give up panto last year, obviously, because I was heavily pregnant. So I was really sad. I was meant to be in Windsor. Like this, I would have got to meet the royals. So annoyed. So basically, I don't think I'm going to be able to do panto for many years because, especially now he's here. Like even before he was here, I was saying this, but now he's here. I did panto in Portsmouth, which was literally like an hour away from my house. I didn't get home till 10 p.m. on Christmas Eve when I did it an hour away from my house. The likelihood of me getting a panto that close to home again is very unlikely. And I just think, like, Christmas Eve is such a special time when you've got kids. I think if it was my actual job, then I would obviously have to do it. I'd have to bite the bullet. Like, there's so many amazing mums in the theatre industry who, you know, they do make sacrifices. They juggle everything amazingly. But because it's not my actual job, because it's a bit of, like, a self-indulgent passion project for me to do panto because I just love being on stage I feel like I shouldn't do it but, but you, you can take Stanley to his first panto though I, I'll, I will do he'll be we go to like three pantos a year we love it I've got Sam into them as well I actually got asked to do a musical this year obviously I can't do it because it's on tour and I have a very tiny baby but when that came through I was like are they sure they haven't mixed me up with someone else like, no, no no they want you to do it I was like okay but sadly couldn't do that How's your relationship with Sam changed over the past couple of weeks? Because you, you must be looking at me in the while going, you know, this is the father of my child. And like, I chose you to be the father. Like, it's quite a special thing to have. Yeah, I mean, he's amazing with Stanley. And I think it's really sort of, but we're very different to what we thought we'd be like before. So like when we bought, we bought like a day bed for the nursery and people said to me, oh, it's brilliant because, you know, Sam can sleep in there. Or you can sleep in there. And I was like, no, we're not actually like one of those couples that will sleep in separate beds or always sleep in the same bed together. Anyway, me and Stanley sleep in the big bed and Sam sleeps downstairs in the nursery. It's funny that at the beginning, that first week is crazy. And we we laugh about it now. But I remember there was one night I would stay up till three or four and then I'd phone Sam and then we'd swap. So we'd both get like a good chunk of sleep. Sam started yawning and was like, I'm really tired. And I was like, how can you be tired? You've had more sleep than me. He said, no, I haven't. You, should, you had an extra half an hour sleep than me. As if that was going to make him like not tired at all. Just that extra half an hour. <laughs> Arguing over half an hour sleep. Sometimes we sit down for dinner and we're like, oh my God, it's 10 o'clock at night. I can't believe it's 10 o'clock at night. So yeah, we need to get into more of a routine. I think, I think the routine will come when I go back to work though, because at the moment... I can just lay in bed with Stanley till midday if I want to. And like, you know, I, I don't have to do anything. I think when I go back to work, I think that will make my Mondays and Fridays more special. So I'll want to do special stuff. And then obviously I'll have to get up on those three working days to do stuff. So I think the routine will come then. Let's talk serious things. Let's talk about your campaign with Bumble that you're doing, all about cyber flashing. Obviously, you've been speaking about it in the media this week. First question is, how have you found it since you've kind of come out about it? There's been articles about it, you've done interviews about it, just mentally as well, that you've had to take yourself back to those times when you got those illicit messages. It's hard, but I do it because I'm really lucky to have a platform and a voice. And there's lots of people like, everyone, I think people think that it's only people in the public eye that get cyber flashed, but it's not at all. And a lot of like, it's three quarters of under 18 girls have had cyber flashing images sent to them, which is disgusting. So I use my platform, my voice for people that don't have a platform or a voice. So as much as sometimes it can be difficult, it's all for a good cause. So yes, yeah, so this thing with Bumble, so basically... The online safety bill, the sort of revisions have come out and it's being read again in Parliament. But 
cyber flashing law is in there, but it's intent based rather than consent based. So basically, you have to prove that someone has a malicious intent when they send it, which is really hard to do because all they've got to do is say, I did it as a joke or I thought she'd like it. And that's it. Like That's that's the end of it. It gets thrown out. So basically, we want to change it to a consent based. So basically, you have to ask them first if you want to send it. It's very easy to do if you're sending it over messages. It's written there. We put this pledge between Bumble, Grazia and UN Women, which you can sign. The link is on my Instagram. So yeah, you can sign that and hopefully that will create lots of noise and um, lots more sort of awareness and then hopefully it will get changed. Am I right in thinking then, at the moment... No, you, you will cannot get send me a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right in thinking then that a random person will type in Amy Hart XO on Instagram? They go on yeah. your Instagram, they click message and at the moment they literally click the photo button, send a picture of themselves and just send it. So there's that. There's also people that send really graphic sexual messages alongside. And then the weirdest one, which I think is a real like sort of power play, because obviously if something goes into my message requests, I can read it without the sender seeing that I've read it. What people sometimes do is they put a picture of their genitals on an Instagram story and tag lots of women. And then you'll be like just scrolling through your Instagram story mentions and it'll come up, but then they've got a list of who's viewed it. Hold on, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. On their Instagram story, they put a picture yeah. of that. Inst- but I thought Instagram have a thing of like sensitive con- uh, sensitive well, pictures or whatever. Allegedly so, but sometimes they slip through. So someone will put, they've, and they've got an account with like 100 or 1,000 followers no. who are there. No, 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 it's zero, zero, zero. Zero posts, zero following, zero followers. They've made it specifically for that. Let's say you're single. I don't understand how someone signing to your DM and just showing their private part means that you're suddenly going to fancy them without any other knowledge about them. I'd love to know why they do it in the first place. If you could, because as a girl, it's probably more to come from you because it's more boys sending pictures to girls than the other way around. If you could sit down with one of these guys who is wanting to send you that picture, what would you say to them? And also, what do you think their response actually is? I would obviously ask them why they send it. I think they send it, I think it's a power thing. I really do. I think it's like a sort of, you have to see it, because that, you know, they've taken that choice away from you. It's like, why do people flash people in the street? It's become like, sort of a bit of like, ooh, like funny type thing. So people don't take it as seriously. Anyone that's been flashed in the street will like, it stays with them forever. And it's the same with cyber flashing. And things, if you flash someone in the street, that is a crime. So I don't understand. And they don't say like, oh, why, why have you done it? If you're it for a joke, that's fine. It's just, it's flat out a crime. So I don't understand why online it's any different. People can do it from anonymous accounts. I think a lot of like young people that do it, from what I've heard from like sort of friends and family, lots of girls at school get sent pictures from boys and they use it as le- as leverage, being like, well, send me one back, I sent you one, when they haven't asked for it in the first place. Final question for you, Amy. What's the first show you're going to take Stanley to? Mrs Doubtfire's going to be on in June. Uh, you've got Grease coming out with Louise Redknapp. What's the first show you're going to go to? I mean, then? I won't take him to see a show for a couple of years. If it's still on then, obviously Frozen probably the first one we take him to. Or Matilda, if any of my friends are in it. They always seem to go back into Matilda, my friends. But the first show I want to see myself, I really want to see Guys and Dolls at the Bridge. And I want to see Oklahoma as well. 
Final question for you. Where can people go for more information? You mentioned your Instagram page. Is there anywhere else people get more information about cyber flashing in general? Bumble, Grazia, UN Women, they've all got posts on it. Professor Claire McGlynn, she's amazing. She's on Twitter. She's like a professor that specialises in the effects of cyber flashing. So yeah, all those places. My thanks to Amy Hart, my thanks to Bumble and Tanya Sassoon and Shelley Cookie at Broadcast Revolution for setting up this interview. If you love Love Island like me, there's over 50 Love Island stars who have been on Skin and Skill. And from Amy's series specifically, there are episodes of Amber Gill, Anton Danielak, Belle Hassan, Anna Vasili, and Yuanda Biala. And on social media, I'm at Johnny Seifert and at Skin and Skill Podcast. And Amy is at Amy Hart XO on Instagram and Amy Hart on TikTok. Thank you so much for listening to Skin and Skill. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a five star rating on iTunes and a five star rating on Spotify and leave a review. It's so important that we keep spreading the word about mental health and say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.